Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 69. Thanks for joining me. I hope that you are doing well today. Today on the show, we are looking at one of the fellowship papers submitted last year. The fellow that authored this paper is Brenda Prudent, and the topic is centralizing high-level disinfection activities. Great information that many of you can relate to. Maybe you're going through this. Maybe you're in the process. But before we get into this article, I have a message from our friends at AORN. If you work in sterile processing, you know the importance of preparation, collaboration, and strong leadership. Don't miss the chance to join others with the same mindset at OR Excellence 2022, the number one outpatient surgery conference in the world from September 29th to October 1st in Orlando, Florida. The conference gives leaders like you in both the ambulatory and hospital outpatient settings a unique opportunity to listen and learn from one another, build your network, and connect with vendors. You'll also find thought-provoking sessions covering infection prevention, leadership during tough times, and much more. Not looking to add stress to your life? OR Excellence is known for its relaxed, casual, and fun atmosphere geared towards making meaningful personal connections. The goal is to send you home refreshed, recharged, and ready to take on the next challenge. So register today at orexcellence.com. Again, that's orexcellence.com. All right, today we are looking at a great fellowship paper that is titled Raising the Bar by Centralizing High-Level Disinfection Processes. Now, this fellowship paper was written by Brenda, or Jan, Prudent. Now, this fellowship paper follows a regional trauma hospital's journey of centralizing the sterile processing department's broken high-level disinfection process just one month prior to a Joint Commission regulatory audit. Yikes. The steps taken to relocate multiple high-level disinfection processes to a centralized location in sterile processing are identified. The process led to workflow consistencies and staff education, which helped achieve healthcare best practice results. Proper cleaning and high-level disinfection of flexible equipment have proven 
to be difficult and time-consuming tasks, elevating risk to patient safety. Death and high infection rates are associated with improper cleaning techniques, fueling a media frenzy across the nation. Additional research shows that following manufacturer's instructions for use is insufficient in combating the rising concerns surrounding the endoscope cleaning and high-level disinfection processes. Centralizing endoscope, high-level disinfection, and sterilization processes to the sterile processing department permits healthcare facilities greater ability and access to resources. These tools are necessary to complete all requirements and processing steps. Accomplishing the necessities reduce the risk of infection to the patient. Next section is gap analysis and risk assessment. So identifying units performing any of the endoscope processing steps is the first step in establishing areas of concern. Completing a risk assessment in each unit determines current gaps and options in order to make informed decisions on the results. The progression includes tracing and observing the elements of the endoscope and or transesophageal endocardiograph, which is the TEE probe process flow. Essential questions revolve around staff education, competency, user locations, cleaning procedures, high-level disinfection practices, personal protective equipment utilization, manufacturer's guidelines, ventilation, airflow, and needed supplies. The next section we come to is the question and observation section. So which is used for endoscopes and probes? Is it a manual high-level disinfection process or an automated endoscope reprocessor? Does the department manager, whether it's in the endoscope GI unit or radiology or the cath lab, do they understand the American National Standards Institute Association for Advancement of Medical Instrumentation, which is ANSI AMI standards for high-level disinfection and the manufacturer's instructions? Has the unit leader developed an orientation checklist with specific job responsibilities for high-level disinfection and sterilization tasks? Is there an annual process in place to assess orientation, checklist, and job descriptions for staff responsible for performing high-level disinfection activities? Do staff members understand how to log scopes or probes in reference to the serial number and verbalize what bi-directional tracing means? Do you observe and review staff and checklist for endoscope cleaning to the manufacturer's specifications, including the following steps? Pre-cleaning, leak testing, manual cleaning, brushing, flushing, alcohol flush if appropriate, and drying. Do staff members working in these areas have completed orientation checklists and competencies on high-level disinfection procedures? Are manufacturer's instructions for the automated endoscope reprocessors or other cleaning and sterilization equipment, are they accessible 
can staff members who use high-level disinfection locate the current ANSI-AMI standards? Can staff explain the timing and process of the automated endoscopy processor and or processing equipment? Preventative maintenance? Continuing on with the question and observations, can procedural area staff describe the transportation of dirty instruments or scopes from point of use through the point of final cleaning? Is PPE worn consistently and appropriately, including hair coverings, face masks and shields, fluid-resistant gowns and gloves? Is transportation for final cleaning done in a biohazard labeled leak-proof puncture container? Is there a separation of dirty and clean equipment? Are there appropriate ventilation cycles? Is there appropriate positive or negative airflow? Are room temperatures, ventilation, and humidity monitored and documented for compliance to guidelines and standards? Sample gap analysis and risk assessment reference forms are available on the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC website. The Healthcare Infection Control Practice Advisory Committee, HICPAC, compiled the templates and documents for download. HICPAC is a multifaceted work group comprised of members from key organizations with high stake holdings in endoscope safety. Once assessments are completed, committee members from, but not limited to, the quality, infection control, sterile processing, endoscope, radiology, and cath lab departments should meet and review all of the results from those observations. And then identifying all the gaps in the scope process necessary to achieve and maintain required standards for best practices. A follow-up planning meeting allows committee members to strategize possible solutions to any issue found during the assessment and visualize a process improvement plan. A joint leadership task force walked the outlying high-level disinfection areas of the trauma center Major opportunities for improvement evolved during the gap analysis and risk management of the facility. Things that were found included lack of education, absence of competency and evaluations, separation of clean and dirty, wearing proper PPE, adherence to the IFU processing steps, meaning flushing and brushing of all scope channels, missing instruction manuals, knowledge of where to find governing guidance and requirements, such as who is Amy and where in the hospital does she work. There was a lack of physical facility resources. Some examples of limited environmental resources included the use of a breakdown sink to perform the final rinse for TEE probes the lack of eyewash stations and airflow exchanges. The deficiencies found within the high-level disinfection process throughout the hospital led the leadership to 
the consensus that moving the service to sterile processing and enhancing the basic knowledge processes, education, and physical environment was, in fact, the best practice. Next, we have relocating equipment. So collaboration between the facility engineering and equipment manufacturer helps create the proposed flow of process, a dirty to clean one-way process that works with the established directional flow in the sterile processing is imperative. Endoscopes and probes are routed through the decontamination area and transported to the clean sterilization area for high-level disinfection. Designing an equipment floor plan is an essential part of the planning process. It is necessary for the facility chief to outline the power, data, and water supplies to ensure that assets needed are readily available and or movable. Technical information and drawings provided by the equipment manufacturer are invaluable resources in moving machinery from one area to another. Research, guidelines, recommendations, and requirements from governing agencies such as AMI, the Society of Gastroenterology Nurses, and which is SGNA, Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses, which is ARN, and the CDC, all provided regulatory examples of choosing suitable reprocessing area locations. These agencies have vital data which identified and justified crucial workflow changes and regulations. Additional action required is to research and communicate with equipment and manufacturers. The companies have support service personnel to validate the equipment before, during, and after relocation or installation. Staff training and competencies to run the equipment are a crucial part of the equipment validation visit. A thorough understanding of reprocessing machinery leads itself to improved tracking and accountability. Preventative maintenance, filter changes, and problem troubleshooting top the new follow-up educational and scheduling opportunities found during equipment location. Now our next section is education and competencies. In addition to training, competencies, and evaluations performed by service technicians or educators, the endoscope and probe manufacturers also support staff education. Education is provided in the manufacturer's IFUs by company educators. It is essential to obtain a copy of the IFU for every type of scope or probe used by the facility for patient care. Utilizing support education opportunities, the sterile processing manager studied and obtained the flexible endoscope reprocessor certification. Certification ensures basic leadership understanding and competencies, allowing the manager to educate and teach high-level disinfection fundamentals to staff. The IFUs contain the manufacturer's validation information that was pertinent and vital to attain a high patient safety standard, making bullet point notes of the required cleaning and high-level disinfection steps from the document aids in creating a quick list or reference chart for staff, 
Further extracting needed supplies and brush sizes proved useful when ordering cleaning accessories that are basic to complete each process. Another basic staff competency comes through certification. Testing performed through accredited certification agencies provides an educational baseline for the knowledge needed to execute the minimum fundamental tasks related to job implementation. AMI, AORN, and the CDC are among the organizations citing the importance of staff certification and stating that certification should be a condition of hiring. Research departmental meetings, original equipment manufacturers, in-services, manufacturer competency testing and hospital competency testing accounts for hundreds of hours of staff and process preparation prior to beginning high-level disinfection services in the sterile processing department. Our next section here is quality checks and reviews. So in addition to staff competencies, routine quality checks are necessary. They not only ensure staff are following the manufacturer's guidelines during endoscope probe reprocessing, but also verify that checklists contain all steps needed to deem the equipment safe for patient use. Studies show that more than one quality indicator is needed to determine if an endoscope has been cleaned, high-level disinfected, and or sterilized properly and completely. The first line of defense to ensure proper cleanliness of an endoscope is by visually inspecting both the outside and inside of the device. Using a boroscope eases the inspection step by showing the inside channels of the flexible endoscope. Computer monitors allow pictures and snapshots that enable you to document the cleanliness and condition of the inner scope. An adenosine triphosphate ATP monitoring device triggers a second line of defense by quickly checking the cleanliness of surfaces and lumens. ATP is a bioluminescence process that identifies cleaning deficiencies by measuring residual protein, hemoglobin, and bioburden. Although using ATP in protein swab is a quality step in a series of testing, Studies show that no individual testing process adequately reflects the absence of bioburden. Therefore, they should not be used as an independent assurance marker. The final quality assurance monitored in the three-step process is the random culture collection of endoscope samples administered and tested through a microbiology lab. Gathering a culture sample permits a deeper sense of confidence against the presence of unwanted harmful spores and in identifying potential biological safety concerns. Results are kept with cleaning records and high-level disinfection documentation and are traceable to patient use. The Regional Trauma Center's Sterile Processing Department's final process steps after point-of-use cleaning Follow the flexible equipment through manual decontamination and cleaning, boroscope inspection, ATP testing, which includes distal end surface channel water flush, ERCP scope testing, which includes the elevator, 
all of this prior to high-level disinfection. If testing fails, the entire process begins again. Staff trials and testing of individual assurance markers gives the hospital sterile processing department a higher certainty of patient safety by implementing the combination of manual flexible scope cleaning, boroscope inspection, ATP testing, and routine lab culture tests. Completing the chain of essential tasks, a quality audit and traceability permit regular reviews of the overall process, successes, and errors. The next section is the tracking process, which says documentation and record keeping is essential and legally binding. Complete documentation allows for quality reviews detailing the specifics surrounding cleaning and disinfection, technician identification, time, date, and equipment use. Bidirectional traceability, which is the ability to trace required steps from either end of a process. Now, traceability to the patient grants the obligatory information, ensuring documented performance of all requirements, whether initiated from the patient, endoscope, or reprocessor. An equipment hang tag offers a place to document scope serial numbers, dates of process, dates to reprocess, and technician's initials for quick review. The tag also serves as a reference for patient information, allowing easy tracking documentation after a procedure. Now, next section is storage. Once the processed endoscope has the informational tag in place, it hangs vertically in a vented storage cabinet. It is important that the endoscope is dried before being placed in storage to inhibit bacterial growth. Further protection from the outside environment is provided by situating the storage area in a low traffic area. Research is a key element to finding the proper storage system for your facility. Features and location, along with other factors, contribute to the amount of storage time before an endoscope needs reprocessing in order to ensure high-level disinfection effectiveness. Although agency guidelines may recommend time limits, each facility is responsible for verifying the validation of hang time with individual constraints and resources. Testing scopes and probes during different stages of storage with ATP surface and channel tests results in awareness of the need for prolonged drying of the endoscope channels. This eliminated the increase of bacterial growth inside the channels during storage. Follow-up auditing and equipment testing before the reprocessing of stored unused scopes is invaluable information in the verification of high-level disinfection effectiveness. Our next section is the transport section. Transportation from storage to procedure or from bedside to decontamination completes the endoscope flow route. A multi-level bin transportation caddy aids in the transfer of equipment to the procedural area. Additionally, a leak-proof bin labeled biohazardous confirms a proper dirty instrument transport technique. A wise tip for clean scope pickup is the accompaniment 
of disposable bedside cleaning kits to ensure the essential step of pre-cleaning is occurring at the point of use. Immediately following pre-cleaning after use at the procedural area, the endoscope is transported to the decontamination area for further cleaning. To safeguard against the formation of difficult to remove biofilm and dried on bio burden, decontamination and cleaning occurs within one hour of procedure conclusion. Failure to adhere to the timeline results in the need for an extended soak and causes excess processing time. Education and in-surfaces are required for interdepartmental relationships to flourish. Follow-up and feedback are essential tools to ensure all links of the processing and transporting needs are met. All staff, not only those in the sterile processing department, are required to know and understand the proper steps necessary to safeguard against hidden negligence. In conclusion, without any findings during the Joint Commission review, the Hospital Sterile Processing Department has emerged successfully from two consecutive in-depth post-audits and as a process leader among their high-level disinfection peers. The attention to all the steps, detailed and education surrounding high-level disinfection had auditors using best practice phrases in the review meetings with hospital administration. This was not an easy task. Gap analysis and risk assessment, location and operation of pertinent equipment, staff education and competencies, quality reviews and testing, tracking and documentation, storage and transport, along with cleaning and high-level disinfection, are crucial components to handling and processing endoscopes to certify patient safety. Even with basic staff knowledge and understanding, existing and new process elements necessitate a plethora of knowledge, understanding, and time. In order to counteract the onset of mundane habitual motions, staff, both in the sterile processing department and at the point of use, command a requirement of continuing education, performing quality checks to verify the validity of each step is necessary to maintain best practices and protect patients against unseen biological enemies. Because of the complexity involved in the process, it becomes necessary to combine multiple samples and individual tests. Technology changes quickly and it is the obligation of the healthcare industry to push those standards to new heights. Sterile processing staff have certifications and basic competencies to clean, decontaminate, document, review, test, disinfect, and sterilize equipment. It is their job, expertise, and profession to be the patient advocate and raise the bar on quality safety. Centralizing endoscopes and probe cleaning in high-level disinfection and sterilization processes to the sterile processing department provides healthcare facilities with greater knowledge and ability and access to the resources and educational tools necessary to build upon and complete all requirements and processing steps. Well, that concludes this fellowship paper. 
Thank you, Brenda, for walking us through your journey centralizing high-level disinfection. HSPA episode 69 is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. Hey, don't forget to check out the OR Excellence 2022 conference at orexcellence.com. Now, to receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to the MyHSPA website, and make sure to use the code HLD. Again, the code for this episode is HLD. Now remember, keep an ear out for the next episode, always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.